0: We have to. We have to remember who's in control. If you're like me and you 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 seeing news from one time to the next time, and I know when we had a restaurant open, we had a news on one channel and then sports on the other one, and uh, it's just nonstop. Man, it's like two kids. It's like some kids in the room fighting continuously. You know, Democrats and Republicans going at it 24-7, mm-hmm. right? And then so some of the people, it's obvious they don't really care what's going on. They just want to do what they want to do, mm-hmm. regardless as to who's right or who's wrong. They don't care. They don't care. Sometimes they don't care. I'm just getting enough of it. And then we can get so caught up in it, but we feel like, oh, well, you know, we have to we get all in our emotions and get mad at these people or that person or whatever. Man, hey, Jesus is in control.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: The devil's not even in control. Did you know that? The title of uh, (laughs) this message tonight, I call uh, Promises Over Principalities. Promises Over Principalities. Um, I I have heard uh, something said over a period of time. um, And and some people can say, uh, can tell me if you've ever heard somebody say this. Have you ever heard anybody say uh, new new level, new devil. Yeah, you've heard that. I've heard I've heard that said, and my issue with that is is not the fact that the person says it is how they say it. When most of the time, when people say it, they say it by default with respect to the devil, mm-hmm. right? They they don't say it with confidence. They don't say, "Praise the Lord, next level, I'm ready to handle the new devils." Yeah, they, well, they they say. New level, new devil. Yeah. Yes, like they're scared. That's yeah. right. Uh oh. That's that's the whole situation. Now, I want to show you something. I got three points I want to make with you tonight, and you can write these down. This is what we want to establish tonight. We want to establish that yes, we will face challenges. Okay. Number one, yes, we will face challenges. The second thing we want to establish is, but we are to meet them with faith. Yes. Yeah. We are to meet them with faith. Yeah. And the third thing is that we have been promised we win if we don't quit. Amen. So number one, yes, we will face challenges. Number two. But we ought to meet them with faith. And number three, we have been promised that we will win if we don't quit. Amen. Right. Listen, I want to I want to say something to you right now, too. Um, a lot of a lot of what I'm doing here is uh, is maintenance. Right, maintenance. You understand the concept of maintenance is taking care of what you have, right? So if you got a you got a vehicle, you got to keep the oil changed, you got to change the tires, uh, keep the thing clean and washed inside, put air freshener in there it start to smell like socks. You know, maintenance. Clean clean up your house. Different stuff like that. Most Christians are not really into maintenance. Right. I'm talking about the the ones that claim to be real, that put it out there like they're real spiritual. They're not into maintenance. They're into looking at new houses all the time. They want to go look at a new house. Oh, this is magnificent. Look at this room. Look at this paint. Look at this furniture. But what about your house? You keep going, looking at these model homes. What about your house? You need to wash them clothes. You need to pick up that stuff, vacuum that carpet, wipe that dust off that table. You're going around looking at all these houses. You need to fix your own stuff. Right? So Christian, as a Christian, maintenance is important. You should be functioning properly. Right? And so how do you, how do you, how do you, how is Christian maintenance done? It's done by repetition. I don't just change my all one time and that's it. Over the life of my vehicle, if I'm constantly driving, thing I got to keep that all changed. And if I start hearing a strange noise, I got to pop the hood or get somebody to get up under there and look and see what's happening. The problem with us is we're not into checking out the strange noise. And so when this, so before long, that strange noise is a becomes a shaking, and then you have to pull over on the side of the road, and it's hot. Right, because we don't we won't do the maintenance. You gotta do maintenance. You, gotta do you want you want you want yourself to run properly as a Christian. So um again, let's look at something. Now we talked about the term new level, new devil, and I think uh I found a place or this is the place kind of where this originate. Pastor Lori and I did a little research today. And uh let's look at first Corinthians sixteen nine. Sixteen nine. 1 Corinthians sixteen nine. Number, remember what I said. The number one thing is, yes, we will face challenges, but that's not the end of the story. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that over my time as a Christian. They And they just say it. I, I, when I see somebody say it with confidence, then I'm good. I just say it with confidence like you're going to win, not like the devil got you in the headlock already. Like you're expecting for something terrible to happen. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. I'm going to read it from two versions. I'm going to read it from... I'm going to read it from the King James Version. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Version. King James Version says, For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Uh, Amplified Classic says, For a wide door of opportunity... For effectual, if word effectual mean powerful, for effectual or powerful services open unto me. And there are great uh, and there a great and promising one. And there are many adversaries. So Paul says, I'm yeah, basically, I'm, there's a great door open to me and there's going to be some challenges. Mm-hmm. All right. He understands that I, I got an opportunity here and there's going to be some challenges. But this is not new. This concept of challenges is not new. let's go to john sixteen thirty three john sixteen thirty three again, you're going to face challenges. Jesus never tried to hide that. That's the thing I love about God you know and and really one of the things that gives the Bible so much credibility to me is because Jesus didn't hide stuff right If I'd have wrote the bible, I'd be trying to hide you know what you're going to go through He told you right up front, what's going to happen, right. So, I mean, he ain't trying to hide nothing from you. Uh, yeah, and it wrote, like Mama D says, wrote in red. John sixteen thirty three says this. I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. Right? So Jesus, Jesus says, I've told you these things. I want you to have peace. I want you to have confidence. Do you think that God wants us to be afraid? No. Right? But, but in, a, in a world, in a society that's infatuated with horror movies, Right? God ain't inf- infatuated with horror movies. He ain't about horror movies. Right? We I think that some of that rubs off on, over onto us. We think it's scared. I hear people so many times, ooh, I don't want to read Revelation. Yeah. You ever heard somebody do that? Don't yeah. oh, raise your hand, you heard somebody do that. Ooh, yeah, I'm scared to read Revelation. Man, what, if Jesus wanted you to be scared, he wouldn't have unveiled it, he wouldn't have revealed it. All of this, I'm on a scary. Christianity don't help nobody, right? He says, "I've told you these things, so in me you might have perfect peace and confidence." In the world, you shall have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Jesus said that in this world you're gonna have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Now, now what? Is, he didn't say, "So be afraid." <laughs> I'm telling you, that's kind of the way we do it. Oh, go hide. <laughs> but look what he says. He says, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain and undone it, for I've overcome the world. Amen. Right? You're going to have hard times in the world. I'm not going to hide that from you. But everybody, don't nobody sweat it because I've I, already overcome the world. Yeah. We're not going to be running around this scared of it, okay? I've overcome the world. I, I Amplify a classic version that says, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Yeah. He says, I've overcome the world, I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Yeah. All right. So, so listen, you may say, well, you may have a hard time approaching adversity with confidence, and we all do. Sometimes if the devil slap you, it's just like anybody slap you, right? If somebody comes in and slap me on the face for a second, I'm going to be confused. I'm going to be a little bit shook. But if they keep swinging, then I have to defend myself. Is that right? Is that right, Chad? Right? So if they, they slap me the first time, I'm, I might be shocked. Whoa, what, what just happened? And a lot of times that's what happens. When you get some kind of attack, whoa, it you rock you back. But you listen, you got to decide and understand if it's the devil and it's not just to lay down to the devil. Some people say, uh, you know, they just got, well, you know, the devil, he, he's got power. Duh, yeah, <laughs> he got power. We know that, right? But then they like, well, you know, I, to some people, it's like Jesus, the devil didn't And some countries that's the way they roll. Jesus got to respect the devil because, you know, the devil got power. Duh, he got power. But but listen, you talking about Jesus, the devil, and then us. But you you ain't thinking about that when we became born again.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: In Him we live and move and have our being. We are engrafted in Him. Yeah. That's right. Same Holy Spirit living Him, living us. Yeah. Same words that He spoke to defeat the devil are ours. Amen. The same victory over the devil is already ours. Amen ridiculous, man. (laughs) Let's turn now to. uh, Let's go to uh, Philippians chapter one, verse 27. We understand that there is a spiritual fight, but our focus should be on winning, not the fight. We understand that there is a spiritual fight, but our focus should be on winning the fight, not just the fight. Focus should be on winning the fight. People because of what has been put in them by default operate out of fear at first instead out of faith because people because of what has been put in them in abundance operate out of fear respond in fear instead of out of faith right you have to learn how to respond by faith it took us many years right now I'm not a, I'm not just perfect again perfect something happened to me I'm, I got concerns this but uh, but I have learned that I got to stand up. I can't just stay back like that. And it takes it takes time to reprogram your response. Yes. It takes time. You at first you used to people are used to just getting some negative news. I, I mean, raise your hand if 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 you've learned, I'm very honest. You've learned to, to respond different than you did before to negative news. Amen. Right? At first you get some negative news, you'd be like, Oh, 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 oh God. It's, it's, and Then negative speech start coming out. We ain't gonna make it. You know, this it never go my way. it always go wrong. But but see, it, it, the problem is twofold. This problem is that you're saying it, but the next uh, uh, more serious problem is the reason why you're saying it because that's what you believe. Yeah. That's what's right. in you. That's what's in you. That's an even bigger problem. You're only saying what's inside. That's right. right? And faith is I told you what the Bible describes faith as a switch. If you turn it on, it will it's just like a power switch. Boom. And that power surge hit. But if you keep it off, man, you in trouble. And we're gonna, we're gonna read that in these scriptures and we're gonna see what the Bible says about it. Philippians, everybody at Philippians 1, 27, 28? Okay, I'm mean, in this Amplified Classic Version again. It says, only be sure as citizens so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I do come and see you or am absent, I may hear this, I hear this of you, that you are standing firm and united in spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with single mind for the faith and the glad tidings of the gospel. He said, when I show up, I want to hear that you, that you are standing, that you are striving and that you are contending. Amen. Right? Well, Pastor, uh, yeah. let's keep reading, yeah. right? Verse 28, and do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearless fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. He says, your confidence is a sign to the devil that he going to lose, not you going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So your confidence, is everything, your response is everything. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, so listen, we understand that when a door of opportunity comes, that this is this is a given. A door of opportunity opens, it something tough can happen, but we're not going to call for it. Come on. Yeah. Oh, when you say it like when you say new devil new level new, oh, new level new devil what you saying to the devil is, Mr. Devil you can come now with all of your stuff and come and challenge me when you say that's so, you welcome him to show up no man he already told you it's going to happen this is a fact of life but you go through the door and this is the victory that overcomes the world even yeah. our faith yeah. that's how you go through the door the devil is not going if you bow down it's like nah, he's not going that's not going to stop him from slapping you Right. It's not like it's not like I had a friend of mine told me a story one time. He got into a fight with a guy that knew karate. And this friend of mine, he's he a very funny guy. And so he says that uh that the guy knew karate and he was trying to intimidate the guy. And he didn't know the guy knew martial arts or whatever. So before he knew it, the guy had kicked him across the face. And he said he snapped and he kind of went back and trying to he was foggy. And he said, he said, wait, 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 wait. Like, like, we, let's stop the fight. I don't want to continue right now. Right? I, I quit. Well, the devil, if the devil kicks you and you tell him, wait, 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 he's not going to stop the devil. No. It's like, uh, uh, you, you said, uh, the MMA, mixed martial arts. He wants to choke you out. You got, you know what I'm saying? He wants to get you to tap out. He's not going, you talking about, wait, 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 wait. No. no, none of that. Being nice to, listen, being nice to the devil does not make him stop. Yes. There you go. Some people think if they be nice to the devil, he'll leave him alone. they yeah. are not gonna make him stop. He don't he hates you. Yeah, that's right. And he's evil and wicked far past anything you can imagine. Right. We're not gonna bow down to the devil. We're gonna we're gonna trust the promises of God yeah, and speak God's word. Yeah. That's what make the devil get off of you. The word, not I remember one time we had made these shirts, one of the most famous shirts I ever made in the history of my Christianity. And This was—you gotta understand. This was 97, 90, 98, The phraseology was, was popular at the time. Whatever the word, but it said on the back, "Satan is a punk." On the back of the shirt, right? Some people still got it. Classic. We sold a ton of them, right? Everybody liked. But at first, then I heard some. Well, I had some. Some people come up to me one time and say, "You think that you should put that on the shirt?" <laughs> They' told me that they said, they, said, they said the devil might get
1: mad.
0: <laughs> they told me that. I said, "Well, the devil is already mad? Yeah. Yeah. He's already mad. He's already upset, right? I told y'all the story the one time how I got the new office, the time I'm sitting up there preaching the story preaching the story about how the, uh, the gentleman had the son that lived in the graveyard that was full of the devils and all that, and the little girl manifested the devil. I said, any time I start talking about it, and if there's one in the crowd, they're going to show up." Right, but ain't nobody come on out trying to slap me, right? I, I understand where I'm at. Yeah. I understand who I serve. Yeah. He, you know, he, listen, they're not scared of me. No. They understand. They scared of who live inside of me, yeah, that's right. right? And whether I, whether I understand what I'm saying, <laughs> you can just sit up that running your mouth. We, <laughs> we, we we told talked about the story of the, the, uh, the what is it, the seven sons of Sceva yeah. and how they was telling the, the demon possessed people, we cast you out in the name of Paul's God. And the Bible says, they say, well, uh, you know, we, we understand and we know these other guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they, they have a connection with God. But we, we don't believe y'all working with any kind of power.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. You're just saying what you heard. Yeah. And on. it says that they fell on them and beat them, beat all their clothes off of them. Right. right. But it don't say they fell on Paul and all them and beat their clothes off. Now, we do understand, again, the concept of trouble. Jesus went through trouble. The disciples went through trouble. They got locked up and put in the penitentiary. Who do you think was behind that? The devil. Yeah. Right? So we're not saying that trouble's not real. Jesus reminded us and told us that we're going to encounter tribulation. What we're just saying is that just because trouble comes, it don't have to overcome. Right? Amen. Yeah, because trouble comes, it don't have to overcome. And we're not going to meditate on trouble. We're not going to meditate on trouble. We're not going to go looking for trouble. We're not going to invite the devil and let him know how scared we are. Just tell him, Mr. Devil, if you come now, you can take everything I got because I'm scared and terrified. (laughs) He don't know if you shut up. He might not know you're scared. Right? Demonic powers might not know you're scared. Keep your mouth closed. If you ain't got nothing powerful to say, don't say nothing. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go now to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. 1 Peter 5, 7 through 11. It irritates me every time I hear it, it irritates me because we have so much stuff to do. We have so much work to do. We have so much to do for God. We we do not waste time uh, uh, acknowledging whatever we think that the devil is just so cold at doing. No, we acknowledge the promises, not the prince. Right. Promises, not the principalities. Uh, first Peter five, seven through 11. He says, casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, and all of your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares for you and affectionately cares about you watchfully be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for the enemy, uh, for the enemy, that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a roaring lion. Like a roaring and fierce hunger, seeking someone. Seeking someone. So if he's seeking after someone, that just means that some people he can't get. If he's seeking after somebody, that means he's, if he wasn't, if, if he just run over anybody, then it would have just said he's just the just first person he come to, he'd get them. But he's seeking after somebody. That's why it's important to have a close relationship with God. He's seeking someone to seize upon and to devour. Right? So the devil goes about as a royal lion seeking whom he may devour. Some of what, that means some people he can't get. Right? Because if you, if you ain't in fellowship with God and he knows you got a stronghold that you ain't trying to do nothing about, you ain't giving it over to God, you just want to be in that thing. Right? You just, you just, you just don't want God's help, don't want God's uh, participation, don't want to be delivered. Not acting right, being a sneaky Christian or something like that then man he know he got you yeah. Yeah, that's right. you can be hiding stuff from everybody in the church you got everybody in the church saying you're the best Christian in the whole world but when you get by yourself you the Lord and the devil all know you're not a serious Christian That's right. Amen. so he goes around seeking whom he may devour uh, now watch this look at what the Lord says remember, remember the points I said in the beginning Yes, we will face challenges, but we are to meet them with faith Uh as we continue on. It says, withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted and established, strong and immovable and determined. So it says he goes around seeking someone, but it tells us to withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted and established, strong and immovable and determined. Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your, your brotherhood, the whole of the body of Christians throughout the world. Meaning that the stuff that you're going through right now, you're not the first one, nor the only one to be going through what you're going through right now. You're not the first one. You're not the only one. And after you have suffered a little while, yeah, he may get to he might slap you a few times. Right? And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you unto his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be and establish you and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. To him be dominion, power, authority, rule forever and ever. Yeah, you might get hit a couple of times, but if you're God's people, then God gonna come through with like with 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 the backup and get you. He's coming for you. He's not going to leave you there. Let's go on. Uh, Let's go to Ephesians 6.10. Ephesians 6.10. But before we go there, talking about... uh, Talking about God showing up, the God of our grace showing up. What happened with Daniel when he went on the uh, twenty-one day consecration? Right. What happened with Daniel? It says from the first day he started praying. Soon as he started, God dispatched help. Right. So God's got help on the way as soon as he started. But then he says, and the angel told him, he says, he says, we, uh, he says, I have come for your words. I've come for your prayers. He said, from the first day you started praying, we took off. We was on the way. But the prince of Persia withstood us. Right? So the prince of Persia withstood us. Yeah, the prince of Persia withstood him. But did Daniel, did, did uh, Michael make it there where he was supposed to be? He got there.
1: Yeah, he, did.
0: he got withstood for a minute, but it didn't stop it. Who do you think set the uh, really the we know the, the religious leaders crucified Jesus? Who was behind that though? Who was pulling their strings? The devil. But there was a crucifixion, and what do we celebrate on uh, on Easter? That was a resurrection.
1: Yeah, come on. Right.
0: right? You know, you might see some adversity. The devil may come, but he's not gonna overcome if you stand. Amen? Well, we're not gonna walk around scared of the devil, man. He hates you anyway. That don't impress him, make him have pity. Oh Mr. Devil. I, I got respect for you. Please don't do nothing to me. <laughs> That's not going to work. No. He ain't going for it. You just say, oh, you easy prey. I got you. I'm, I'm going to do you worse than everybody else. <laughs> <clears throat> Six ten. Six ten. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Right? So he's talking about being strong. Be empowered. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his uh, boundless might provides... Put on God's whole armor, the armor of heavy arms, uh, heavy armed soldier, which God supplies that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. So here again is God's strategy for you to stand against the devil, not to cave against the devil. Right. Ready to stand against the devil. For we wrestle. We are wrestling with we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotisms against powers and against the master spirits who are world rulers of this present darkness against spirit forces and wickedness and heavenly supernatural fear. Now, Now, let me stop right here. I've been around church for 26 years, in and out of church. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Friday night, Thursday night, in and out of church. This church, that church, revival. I heard this type of worship, that type of worship. I seen this type of preacher wear this type of suit. This guy don't wear no suits. This this is a lady preacher. This preacher, that preacher, all this church stuff in and out the door. This person, this fellowship, this, that, and the other. You know, we we design our place like this. We do our place like this. We do all of this. I done seen all kind of church stuff, right? All and one thing remained the same that I done seen in church is that people don't understand that the devil is real. That's right. you, got a, you got a group of people that don't understand that. Amen. They don't understand that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. Amen. And so what does that look like? That looks like I come to church and I know how to say amen and shake the preacher's hand and tell him he preached a good message. I know how to speak to all the brethren and the sistren. If somebody falls down under the power of the, of the Holy Ghost, I know how to get the, 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 the cape and put it over her and cover <laughs> her up. I know, I know how to do all of that stuff. I know how to do all the church stuff. But the whole thing is, but you're playing with God oh, okay. in the rest of your life. You play church. You, you, you don't really understand that spiritual stuff is really happening and the devil hates you and wants to kill you. You don't understand that. This is not a game. Right. Church. This church is not a game. This is real. Yeah. Now, again, we listen. We got a relationship with God. We're not scared of the devil, but you maybe you ought to be if you're playing with God. come on now. Yeah. If you don't take your relationship with God serious, maybe you ought to be. This is not a game, man. This stuff is real. I told you when you see people, which I have, I've seen people literally demon possessed. It's not a joke. If you, if you believe I got good sense and you had a conversation with me, you have any respect for me, I'm telling you what I've seen. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Right? And so it's not like, you know, it's not like on the TV where you see the exorcism. You know, I don't know. Maybe some people's head do spin around. Maybe they do. Right? But a far worse thing than the head spinning around and throwing up green stuff is that they have control over the life of the person. That's right. Right. And they're destroying the life of the person. It's not about how the scary and the vulgar stuff. That's Hollywood. Right. right? A bigger problem than that is the person uh, uh, cannot uh, be free like the Lord wanted him to be free. Yeah. Right. So this this possession or whatever, in a lot of cases, it robs the person of the things that God wants to give to him. Yeah. Right? They 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 the, the bigger problem of that is is that it may be something that they want to quit, some stronghold they want to stop, something that's stopping them from maybe having a better life or or maybe harming their marriage or their relationship with their kids or uh or stopping them from prospering or destroying their health. That's the bigger problem. Yeah. Amen. And some people go in and out of church and don't they don't want to believe that they just come in and out of church and want to be nice. Hey, sister, how you doing? <laughs>
1: that's
0: that's not that's not enough. No, that's not enough. You, you need to be praying. Listen, you understand that, that, that heaven and hell is real, deal? Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is real. This stuff wrote in this book is real. Right? This is real. Respect that and live like that. Yeah. I don't. I, listen, I could care less if somebody come in and shake my hand and know how to speak to me and act like they respect me because I'm the preacher. No, don't respect me because I'm the preacher. Act like God is real. Amen. I don't care if you never respect me. I can't put you in hell. I don't got a heaven to let you into. I don't have I don't have I don't have none of that. <laughs> all these keys belong to the church and my cause.
1: <laughs>
0: I do have that for you. Only thing I can do is make you understand this is real. This ain't no game. Yeah. This is a real deal. Yeah. Alright, it says, therefore put on so he says, yeah, we 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 have all of these. We wrestling not against flesh and blood. Uh we're wrestling against these master spirits and uh, rulers of the present darkness and against spiritual forces and wickedness and uh, heavenly supernatural sphere. But he says, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground against uh, on the evil day of danger. And having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place, stand, therefore, holding your ground, having t- uh, tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and the moral. Uh, recessitude and right standing with God and having shod your feet with the preparation to face the enemy with firm footed stability and promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up all over, lift up over all the covering, uh, the covering shield of faith upon which you can quench the the flaming missiles of the wicked one. So he says that your faith is the thing that quenches The missiles are the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit wheels, which is the word of God and pray all times on every occasion and every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end. Keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all saints, God's consecrated people and pray also for me that the freedom of utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth and proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel. Man, that's a lot he said right there if this ain't nothing serious. Yeah. That's a whole lot of intensity stuff from a man of great intelligence to say all oh, that? Yeah. If this is not serious, why would he? Why would he? he listen, uh, uh, Pastor Rodriguez, my, the pastor of the church that I got saved in, he, he preached a message one time and it was called... uh Liar, lunatic, or lord. Right? And he said in principle of the message was that Jesus was either the biggest liar in the history of mankind, or Jesus was a lunatic, or he was the Lord, just like he said he was. He can't be he can't be all three of them. He's either crazy because he said he was God and he's all of this preaching and stuff and he's here and then they, they, you know, a whole bunch of people got to get together and write this book and tell lies if all this healing and stuff didn't happen. They didn't cast out devils and all of this Pentecost. A whole bunch of it's the biggest conspiracy, bigger than the White House, uh, bigger than Watergate. Right? A bunch of people had to get together and tell lies if this stuff ain't true. But the intensity of by which he said all of this stuff, man. Talking about these principalities and powers and, and, and listen, he's telling you, man, this is serious. Put your stuff on spiritual stuff. This is spiritual stuff happening. Right. What do we know about Paul? I thought about this today. Remember, we've been talking about, we've been talking about, uh, all the things that got put into us has made us who we are. We've been going over that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we talked about how when you get saved, you bring some things that you've learned over the course of your life to the table. Right. So Paul said in the book of Philippians, something to do with a three is either one, three or three, three. I think it's three, three. Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, I count all of my sense realm and my flesh credentials, but done. Yeah, That's what he said. He said all the stuff, my education, all that he said, I, everything who I am, they call me this. I was a Pharisee, a Hebrew, Hebrews touching the law of Pharisees. He said, I count that, but done. Right now, what he was saying was. In comparison to Christ, that's, and you know what dung is, right? Right, it's not dirt. Okay, it's poop, it's fertilizer, right? He said it's not worth the poop, all of that. When I look at Christ, it's not worth the poop, right? So, but understand something. That, he was not saying, neither does that mean that he does not use some of what he was to give God glory. Okay? Do we think that it is a coincidence That this is the man that wrote most of the New Testament. He was probably the most learned and the most scholarly amongst all of them. He was probably the smartest one. Now Luke was a doctor, we understand. But I'm talking about Paul. Paul said, talked of how he could speak. How he was in the office that he was. He was a leader amongst the Pharisees. He initiated things. He took most of what he was and applied that to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this was not an idiot writing this stuff. This was a smart man who had had an encounter with Jesus. And a man who cared about the saints, who traveled from one place to the other place, who, who spent tons of time in prison writing letters to people who were out there free. This guy wasn't an idiot. This, this was a trusted source, a man with good sense, that is writing these things down telling you, Hey man, this is real, the spiritual warfare. Turn to Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 4.
1: <clears throat>
0: 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. He says, For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God to overthrow, uh, to the to to the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. So he says that the weapons of our warfare are spiritual. Here again, it, they're talking about a spiritual warfare, right? And he says that we don't fight with natural weapons; we fight with spiritual weapons. And he says that our weapons are mighty before God to overthrow and to destroy strongholds. Overthrow and to destroy strongholds. So what's he saying to you again? What's he saying here? He's saying that we are to meet them with faith and we have been promised that we win if we don't quit. The, The power of God is greater than the power of the devil. Amen. You can overcome if you will submit to God's power and understand that, that, that we do it. We are engaged in spiritual warfare. Right? They just go through life blind. Some pe- people just don't understand why. They lived their life for years and years and years in bondage to something. They don't understand why. Why can't I ever? Why can't this change? Why? Man, because the first thing you got to recognize is the devil's all in your business. Yeah, right. Trying to mess up your life. Yeah. And you have to understand that the only, only thing that can destroy that, matter of fact, a holy place, I didn't tell you to go nowhere else, go to Romans chapter 7. Uh is that right? Romans chapter seven, the end? I don't know what verse it is. Just turn to the end of Romans chapter seven. It just amazes me. And, you know, and I'm amazed at myself at how long I walked around for twenty two years. Twenty two years I walked around with no clue. I would go to church often, like you know, take me on Easter and, and holidays, but for no with no clue that this stuff was real. Until that day when I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the only thing on my mind is, and the first thing I said to myself, this is real. All of this stuff is real. Because I stood there and watched myself, something that I didn't even believe in. I watched myself. I watched. I was looking at my mouth, I was listening to myself, and it wasn't me. I knew God was real. I said, oh, my God. Now, I initiated. I opened my mouth. But when it started going, I was going. and I was looking. I've never been more scared in my life. I said, God, if you can do this to my mouth, you can do anything. And so I used to think that everybody, when they came to the front of the church and fell out, oh, them hypocrites, that's not real. That ain't real. It's just fake, fake, fake. These people fake, fake fake TV, fake church, fake, fake, fake. Like Donald Trump say, fake news, fake church. <laughs> I thought it was fake, man, until it happened. And I was one of the fakes. I fell out too. Now I'm one of them on the ground like everybody else. Oh my God, right? And people have been praying for me, right? I wanted to change, I didn't know how to change. My Christianity was in my head. It wasn't in my heart.
1: Yeah. Amen. That's right.
0: Amen. Can we turn over to Romans? Yes, sir. Chapter 7. Yes, sir. Uh, what's the last three verses saying, uh, Laurie? What's uh,
2: 23, but I discerned my bodily members.
0: Yeah, t- start right there. I think that's right. Start right there. To read it? Yeah, read it, and, and then we're going to go over to, I think, the first verse, the first or the second verse in the next chapter.
2: But I discern in my bodily members, in the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh, a different law, rule of action, a war against the law of my mind, my reason, and making me a prisoner to the law of sin that dwells in my bodily organs, in the sensitive appetite and wills of my flesh. Mm -hmm. O unhappy and pitiful and wretched man that I am, Mm -hmm. who will release and deliver me from the shackles of this body of death? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank God he will, through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then, indeed, I of myself with the mind and heart serve the law of God, but with the fle- but with the flesh of the law of sin.
0: Go to the next step to the first verse.
2: Therefore, there is no condemnation, no adjudging guilt, of, guilt guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the uh, dictates of the flesh, mm-hmm. but after the dictates of the spirit.
0: Go to the next verse.
2: For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed him from the law of sin and yes. of death.
0: He said, who's going to set me free? That's what he asked. Who's going to set me free from the law of sin and death? He said, Jesus, yes. the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Amen. set me free from the law of sin and death. Right. Yes. Keep going about the spirit of the flesh. Keep going. Keep reading. Amen.
2: For God has done that. For God has done what the law could not do its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own Son in the guise of the sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, and deprived it of its power over all who accepted that sacrifice, so that the righteous and the just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit, our lives governed not by the standards and accordances to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desire, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which in sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death, death that compromises all miseries uh, arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. Keep going. That is because the mind of the flesh, with, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God or it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catered to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you, But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ, is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the Spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he inputs to you. And if the Spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead will also restore to life your mortal short lived perishable bodies through his spirit who
0: dwells. OK, in start you. right there. We're going to keep going. OK, start right there. OK, now listen, 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 listen. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. OK, now let me say this. Let me figure out how I'm going to say this. I'm trying to help you connect with this. Let me read it again. What verse is that? 11, 12? 11. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, right? And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, understand something. We're talking about spiritual stuff. Yeah. Spiritual stuff. There are so many people. I'm talking about mega churches. Now, I'm not, not every mega church. But you got big mega churches that don't understand that first line I just read right there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hollywood could do a better job of helping us understand this. But they choose to scare us with this. Yeah. Mm. But if we look at Hollywood for just a minute, we can understand and see a picture, put a picture to this, these words. Christianity is about a spiritual indwelling. I, when I Listen, when I get saved, I receive the spirit of Jesus to come live on the inside of me. Christianity is not about head stuff. I receive a spiritual indwelling of Jesus Christ. Now, some of y'all who saved, you say, yeah, of course, duh. Some of us don't get this. It's a spiritual thing. Listen, you literally, the God that made the universe, yeah. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by his spirit has come to live on the inside of you. Amen. That's why the Bible says that, that the, no, you're not that your Bible is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's the house and the indwelling of God, right? That's how God empowers you to do this wrestling against these principalities and these other powers. Because the spirit, his spirit, it's a spiritual battle. Remember what we just read? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means that it's like some stupid movie called the end of days. I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to fight devils with swords and guns. And I was a good good ticket seller, but it's not real. Okay. So look, this is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual battle. You have the Holy Spirit the the, the there's no listen don't let your kids watch Casper the Friendly, friendly ghost <laughs> it's only one friendly ghost that's the Holy Ghost yeah. right. everything else is is demonic yeah. okay Amen. no matter how cute it is. I'm, I'm not going to go deep with you with this I want you I just want you to understand you can listen this is not just my Bible you go to Walmart and read the same thing in here go to Walmart today's shelves and look for uh, this book of Romans and every Bible in there is not going to be one that don't have it. All of them are going to have the same thing. Yeah. No matter how many you read through. Christianity is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. Because we live in a spiritual world. But the devil wants to keep everybody so busy that they think, Nah, they're going too far. Let me go to a church where they just, They got the hymns out. And we just sing. And the pastor preaches a good message to tell me to stop smoking cigarettes. Right? And stop drinking liquor. And and I'm a, you know, I'ma think about it real, that's a good word. I'm gonna put two dollars in the offering, and I'm gonna go home and feel good about going to church, but the devil's still gonna be slapping me in the back of the head. Yeah. Amen. Because it's a spiritual activity. Yeah. That's why it's scary sometimes. Yeah. Get in the Pentecostal service. Come on. You come in the Pentecostal service, somebody come down there to that altar. Yeah, They start worshiping, they singing. The pianist is sweating. The preacher, T.D. J's back is sweating. <laughs> it's his jacket on. He's hollering and screaming. You know, they laying hands over that. Somebody, i ah, blah, 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 blah. screaming, hollering. People terrified, right? <laughs> so the person all up in front of it, because they spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Right, so people that are like natural stuff, they are scared of this, the whole thing, the whole thing, they scared, right? Yeah. So the person standing up here, they didn't walk down to the front, people singing, and worshiping hand lifted up, one person over in the corner speaking out, message. this is going off. Some other of person running around the church, thank you, Jesus. thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. The whole scene set off Pentecostal style. Yeah. And people, who, people are not terrified of what's happening. Because it's spiritual.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't understand, because it's spiritual. Ain't yeah. no used to being scared. This is what's going, listen, Jesus is bigger than you. Jesus is bigger than you. And when that bigger than you hit you, yes, right. you don't know how to understand it. Yeah. And so you do whatever you're going to do. Whether that's run in place, yeah. scream, shout, break dance, whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Because it's bigger than you. Yeah.
1: yeah, Because
0: it's a spiritual thing. It's not a head thing. Right. This is a spiritual thing. a spiritual thing. Listen, let me tell you something. I used to love to drink Hennessy and Vassier, Michelobes, Heineken. I didn't drink no cheap liquor, right? I loved it. I loved it. I liked to go to nightclubs. I liked to go to strip clubs. I, lo- I loved it. That was my life. I used to like to make money. i go shopping every day. I loved it. And the only thing that stopped me from loving it was this. When that Holy Ghost hit, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, I loved it. Yeah. how would I have loved it? Yeah. And I would have never stopped if something bigger hadn't came.
1: Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Then yeah. that something bigger came. Yes.
1: that's it, Pastor. That's it. Yeah. That's
0: it. Listen, I don't. I don't know how to say it no better than the Veggie Tales.
1: <laughs> the
0: Veggie Tales wrote a song, and you can't say it, Pastor being any better. God is bigger than the boogie man. God's bigger than the devil. Yes, sir. And when it hit me, I said, I have drunk the best liquor. I have been to some of the best parties. But this is the real thing. This is the guy. And that's what changed my life. But most of us walk around, living life every day, not understanding that there's spiritual stuff happening over you. That's right. Yeah. Jesus paid the price in blood, and that blood is speaking. The blood is speaking. He paid the price with his own blood on your behalf. Why do you think that Hollywood? What do you think they get these ideas, these movies, laying people on tables, and they got crosses and candles burnt? Where do you think that stuff come from? It's a perverted version of what God did. Yeah. That, they didn't come up with that stuff by themselves. But see, everybody else scared of it. All we got to do is understand it.
1: Yeah, there
0: yeah. You go. And which spirit you want to live in there? Hmm. I'll take that holy one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Let me get the holy one. Thanks. Right? Living on the inside of me. a matter of fact, the holy one is the winner. Yeah. Because they tried to kill the man that had the holy one on the inside. And because he had the holy one on the inside, it made him get up. After yeah. three days again. Yes. 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 Oh, that's what I want. That's what I want. Because when I lay down, I want to get up.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. When they come and they are speaking over my casket, I want them to know that I'm. Let, let, matter of fact, if anyone of y'all ever privileged to show up at my funeral, just imagine me doing this to y'all. while y'all <laughs> come up there? I'm here. I made it, y'all. Yeah. I'm waiting on y'all. Amen. <laughs> hey, this is real stuff. This is real, but we don't have to be afraid of the devil. Listen, God, we can have faith in what God put on the inside of us and the ability that he's given us on him connected to us. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were one time aliens from the promise. But now we made one. We made one by the spirit, by the blood of God. Amen. Amen. A couple more scriptures and then we're done. Man, it's 830 already
1: me,
0: I mean you got to get this. This is serious business, man. Yes, sir. Ma'am. This this is listen. People who are not tapped into this vein, that's why they Christianity don't mean that much to them. That's right. They don't mean that much. If you don't understand, listen. If I come into a place and I see people beating tambourines and screaming and hollering and singing out loud, I'm just thinking everybody in here crazy too. I'm thinking that too. Matter of fact, it says when, when the, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in, in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. it said that they said they, they were all full. Everybody out that drunk. All y'all been hitting the wine early this morning.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what they thought. There's something wrong with them. He said, no, nah, we, we're not drunk as you think. Nobody drunk, man. No, this is what it prophesied in the, with the book of Joel, right? Yeah, book of Joel. He's prophesied in the last days shall pour out my spirit upon our flesh. This is what that is. Nobody drunk. we all getting full off the new wine. Yes,
2: sir.
0: Amen. Yes, this is real, man. That's why I see I can I can be cool, man. I'm cool. Today I had my Ray-Bans on. I look cool right now.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I'm serious. I can be cool. I can walk around. I can talk to people. Hey, hey, what's going on? I can tell jokes. We go to the movies. We can laugh. I can talk about basketball and all this other stuff. I can do all that. Don't get it twisted.
1: Come on, Amen. Man. That's
0: right. I understand what's going on. I understand what's going on. Some people think that that's all that there is to life. Is this other stuff? The Bible says God gives us all things richly to enjoy, yes. but He don't give it to us to forget about Him and what's really going on. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, I can laugh. I can joke. I can talk to people, unchurched people. I can talk to them. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it all the time over there. Hey, whatever, yeah, you know, whatever kind of. <laughs> I listen to people they cuss whatever. I don't tell them hey don't cuss in front of me Because I'm a preacher That's right. <laughs> I'm not your preacher so cuss all you want
1: <laughs>
0: you, don't have, you, mean, you don't have that kind of relationship yeah. You don't know me from nobody <laughs> But if you hang around me long enough You'll see that there's something different about yeah. me right, amen. We get caught up And distracted By the, the daily goings on Of life but we should never get so distracted By the day, daily going on in life That we don't really understand what's happening yeah. how, this, how the whole thing's going in And what's really going on Some people that's life for them The end of it that's it I'm, 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 carnally, I'm just a carnal person And you're as bad as you're a carnal Christian But this is real yes. This is a real thing There's real spiritual stuff happening Let me finish with these last few scriptures And I'm just going to read them to you For what, talking about meeting challenges and not being afraid of the devil. Talk about meeting challenges with faith. The scripture says, 1 John uh, 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God is victor- victorious over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Yes, sir. Uh, Romans four seventeen says, As it is written, I have made thee a father to many nations, he was appointed our father. In the sight of God, in whom He believed, who gives life to the dead, and speaks of non-existent things that He has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So listen, when we step in the door, that's that's the amplified version of call those things that be not as though they were. When we step in the door, we when we when we, as it pertains to this new level, new devil. When we step into this new opportunity that God gives us, we ain't stepping in the door afraid. We stepping in the door speaking victory.
2: Hallelujah.
0: We're speaking of non-existent things that God has foretold and promised as if they already existed. We don't step through the door in fear. We step through the door in faith, confessing. Yes. This is what God said is going to happen. This yes. is what the word says. I'm not I'm not overcome with being, by being met by opposition because Jesus said he's already overcome it. I just have to walk out the victory.
1: Yes.
0: Amen? Amen. Uh, Second last scripture, 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So it says that God always leads us in triumph. If we're always winners, this is the victory that overcoming the world, even our faith. God calls those things that be not as though they were. Right? Why are we afraid? And he already told us we're gonna face challenges. We step in the door saying what God says. Hallelujah. Taking authority. When the, when uh, the spies went into, uh, the promised land, they stepped into the promised land and ten of them came back afraid and two of them came back saying, we can do it. God said we can do it. We can do it. Right? You're gonna, uh, let's go, listen, you're gonna face challenges in your life over and over and over. That's why God gave us his word. That's why he said put on the full armor of God. Cause he knows you're gonna face challenges. You're gonna come across stuff that seems to be bigger and tougher than you. But if Jesus is on the inside of you, you can overcome it because he already overcame it. Amen. And if you don't keep it in your mind that this is a spiritual thing, that's why spirits are eternal. Yeah. We just temporary. That's why the spirit listen, our spirit comes to earth, gets to rent this body out like a rental car. Yep. Like enterprise rental car. And then when we get finished, it's got to take it back for a receipt. And the spirit is gonna go, uh, souls gonna go back to where it was. Yes, sir. Well, this is just a rental. but we look at this like this. is It mm. this is not it. Spirits are things. That's why. That's why I can be in my room, bless you. That's why I can be in my room, proclaiming the promises of God for some something that somebody on the other side of the United States or the other side of the world, and change can be happening in that situation. Yeah. I don't have to physically be over there because it's because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And this is a spiritual world. Amen. Amen. That's why prayer is the biggest clue that this is a spiritual world that we live in. That's what prayer is all about. I'm sending forth spiritual things to engage spiritual things to bring about change in the natural. This is real. This is real. Amen. And if in the words I don't remember who said this was a song back in the day, they said, if you don't know, now you know. (laughs) If you don't know, now you know. This is real. And you gotta get your head in the spiritual ball game. Because let me tell you when it's when it's a hard time to get in the ball game, when you come under that attack that everybody's scared of and talking about.